In today's episode, we're joined by someone who's built one of the largest mental game coaching companies in the world, a meteoric rise he's had. And in this episode, he's going to share a mental frame that's helped his clients master the six inches between their ears. I'm excited to bring Cassidy Preston onto the show and all of his amazing experience. Welcome to the Up Coach Podcast for modern coaches and creators with your host, Todd Herman. In 20 minutes or less, our goal is to share one big idea that will transform your coaching and your business. So let's get into today's episode. All right, Dr. Cassidy Preston, welcome to the Up Coach Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Todd. It's a pleasure to uh, chat as always. Yeah, well, and everyone, I've known Cassidy for a long time, and I pinged him maybe about an hour ago and said, hey, I had a podcast guest cancel, and I could really use you come on the show a little bit earlier than we were planning. So he's jumping in here, but he's got some amazing stuff I know he's going to share. But before we dig into that one idea that's helped to shape your coaching practice and how you work with people, can you just share with everyone kind of who you are and who you work with and why you think that is so important? Yeah. What I do is mental performance coaching, mostly with athletes, but other areas and anyone can be want to be a high performer. But I got into it naturally from my own playing career. Like I was, as a hockey player in Canada, beat myself up, struggled with confidence, you know, had a long career where I was trying to put together all these different strategies, this be positive stuff, stuff that didn't really work and wasn't sustainable. So that's what got me going to school, did all kind of extra research, focusing on creating systems, strategies, principles that work for high performers, for athletes, so they can work on that six inches between the ears a lot more effectively and and efficiently. Obviously, getting to meet you has been very helpful in the alter ego strategy, something we're big fans about, and that's a little cute to what we'll be talking about. I think that answers most of it. I have a huge firm now, like where it's a big team of about 12 or growing mental performance coaches, and we uh, do a lot of one-on-one coaching is the main thing that we do. Well, to anyone that's listening, I know that there's a big movement around if you want to grow a coaching business, you need to move away from one-on-one, you need to move into like group and cohort and courses and all all that kind of stuff. And I've had the pleasure of mentoring Cassidy and helping out shape his strategy. And he's done the exact opposite. He's grown what is probably now the largest mental game coaching company in the sports space, and they only do one-on-one work. So Having said all that, what would be the one thing that you'd love to share with everybody that's really made a big impact on your ability to get results for your guys' clients? It's something I've been doing for a while. Your help's actually been a big part of it in the alter ego work, but it's the narrative stuff. And it's like when somebody says, I've always just been that way, or this is who I am. And, you know, I'm a person that does this. And so as soon as the narrative and the identity is like rooted, it's like, well, then we can't deal with the confidence or the beating yourself up because you just believe it to be true. And so helping really shine a light on the root problem, on the root, you know, narrative that's then just holding someone back from evolving or growing or letting go of those limiting beliefs is the number one thing. When that pops up with an athlete, with a client, it's like, oh, well, let's tackle that and question that, challenge that. And doing it pretty assertively, but also have to, you know, can't just get mad at somebody. It's like, hey, I've had those narratives all the time, like a lot. And that's often, again, why I got into this. And so having the empathy and understanding, like, 
it's normal and human, but we have to keep believing those narratives around ourselves, And that shift is quite transformational. So how challenging was it for you as a new coach to be able to challenge people on those things? From my experience of mentoring lots of coaches or just being in this industry since before it was an industry, <laughs> that's typically where a lot of people under index is their ability to challenge people on the thought or the narrative or the idea that they have. So take us back to the very beginning. Like, was that easy for you to do because of your sports background and being around there? Or was that kind of something you really had to develop for yourself? Yeah, it's a great question. I think somewhat easy would like I have a, my disposition is to coach. Like I like coaching. My first business was when I was 19, my parents go, you got to go get a job. Like you can't just be a hockey player and not have a summer job. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do? So I was actually a bouncer <laughs> so quite, a little bit at night at the local the moose in north bay but then i was also i started my own and did it with a friend hockey training business called complete hockey training which we worked out in my basement shot pucks in my buddy's garage and then i did some mental training at like 19 and like just giving them like i oh, will do basic stuff but i always just wanted to coach people and then i coached people on the ice i was a hockey coach and so I've always just been interested in guiding and coaching that way. So I kind of learned through those early experiences just to be assert myself and guide without being mean around this to, to push people away. And I think I also just have, like you said, from my own experiences, a lot of certainty and challenging people like, no, this isn't necessarily serving you. There is a different way. Try looking at it this way. And you tell me if it fits. And so... That narrative is very much guiding and challenging, yet it's not like pushing and like demeaning and putting people down because that's never going to help. So those would be kind of the two things. And then with this narrative thing, the thing I would say is obviously the more I've done the alter ego strategies and the more I've done it and got good at identifying those inner narratives and tackling it and seeing the transformation, now I'm getting more certainty and speaking to people about like, okay, well, I've seen this before. Other people have said this, but like, who says that's true? So that would be where I would get the certainty around it. And so when you're diving into that narrative with someone, how much are they even aware of the idea that they even have their own narrative? Like, do you even have to do any coaching around the concept of an internal narrative that some of these people, because you're dealing with a lot of times younger athletes, they're not going to have anywhere near the level of experience and knowledge and wisdom that you have. So do you have to also even just position the concept of narrative with people? So coaching them on having the narrative, the way I would look at it is sometimes they have some awareness, but when they don't, it's just being like, okay, well, let's just take a pause. Because the way it comes up is often, it's not like, oh, do you have any inner narratives? <laughs> it doesn't come up that way. That's right. It's okay, like, well, what's weighing on you? What are you worried about? And I like to use sometimes like pretend I'm like a medical doctor and you've got a pain in your stomach. Well, like the only way to find out is to go probe around and push. And then I can eventually, oh yeah, that hurts. Well then, okay, well now I know it's this area. So I do the same with someone's thoughts, mind in the sense of, okay, well, you know, there's something in this area. Well, like let's guess and probe and see what resonates. Oh yeah, that kind of narrative or that line of thinking or that is what evokes that feeling of worry or frustration or distraction or anxiety, et cetera. So, and then when, as they start talking about it, then sometimes a narrative pops up and I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's pause. 
And like, let's just take a lens around the narr- the fundamental narrative that you're using to articulate what you're thinking, feeling, operating. I have another way that maybe I use often to help people understand. And again, especially with the older people or athletes, I use the, um, and I think you've said this before too, but it's like, are you what you do or achieve or you think or you feel? And it's like, you're the character in a story, but you're not the character in the story. You're actually the author or the narrator of your life. You are awareness and choice in how you narrate the story and how you write the next page. And so that framework, you know, helping people look at it that way versus, no, I'm just a character in a story. No, you're actually the author of your own story. So helping them flip the script on that, well, then it's like, okay, well, then what story are you writing and how are you interpreting the facts that have happened is a helpful way for them to understand it. Yeah. I mean, from the work that I've done with identity stuff and talk to people through alter egos is you're both too. You're the author and you're the character. And the and the most powerful part is when you recognize that you're the author and you're going to create a character that's custom built to go and help you win in whatever that domain or that field of play is for you. I'm interested to know from your side of things, Cass, when you start talking to people about that internal narrative, how many of them end up struggling with the idea that they do have an internal narrative and they start thinking too much. I see this a lot in the self-help and personal development space where people really over-index on the concept of thoughts or things, let's say. And so what that causes, though, is an anxiety and a stress response from a lot of people who then start to notice some of their thoughts and that they're not very empowering, and then they spiral into beating themselves up as opposed to realizing that that's literally just the activity of the mind kind of thing. So I'm just wondering that once you call attention to the fact that, hey, you've got this internal narrative, is the statement, I'm just not built that way, is that actually true? Do any of your clients ever struggle sometimes with kind of being too heady with themselves then? Yeah, for sure. I would say I often probably don't use even the word narrative sometimes with a client, depending on the situation. I'll just be like, who says that's true? So it's like not even creating it bigger than what it is, but it's just getting them to self-reflect on their own internal language and just helping them think differently around their self or identity and so forth. So sometimes they don't even notice that we're doing kind of narrative work when we're doing it. But the other common thing, though, that does happen, obviously, is I call like the perfect mindset trap. And it's like, think like growth fixed mindset, but related to your mindset. And then they're like beating themselves up. I need to have a perfect mindset. I can never have a narrative that doesn't serve me. And it's like, oh my God, I had this thought. And then they start going down this rabbit hole around beating themselves up, around beating themselves up. And then it's like, okay, no, treat your mindset and your inner narrative as something you're working on. And that is, you're going to make mistakes. You put quotes around that, but it's like, you're human. Like you're going to have thoughts, feelings. You're going to have limiting beliefs at times. Learn from them, not yourself up about it. And that's helpful for all kinds of parts of the mental game. But even then the narrative work in and of itself, it's like, and I think of like the alter ego work and identity work. It's not like, oh, we got it the first try in the first 30 minutes and then we never adapted it. Like, no, like let's keep being creative and playful and adapt and grow the narrative and how you want to show up on the field of play. It's a constant process and evolution to refine and optimize. Like I had a poker player of all people like a month ago yeah we had a good alter ego name and identity and then literally like 
a week later, we like blew it up and got a completely new one that just resonated more. And like a lot of the traits were similar, but the narrative was just that much more. Something just clicked and was more powerful. You're working with athletes that are at the top level of their game in their age group or in the game period because you work with pro athletes as well. Have you seen a common personal statement that sort of runs across many people? Is there a, a through line that many people will state in some of the coaching sessions with you? <laughs> There's a few. The most common is like, I struggle with confidence or I'm someone that's not confident or I always beat myself up as another variation of that. I'm just too hard on myself. I'm curious, when someone says, I beat myself up, do you really go deep on that? Like, do you say, well, what do you mean you beat yourself up? I'm just wondering, because we do that, human beings will use the same language over and over again, and there's a lack of specifics with it. And it's just a sort of a general broad statement. And I find personally that when I attack the statement to get more detail around it, it actually dissolves a lot of times because they, they can't even articulate it sometimes. And they'll go, yeah, it's not, it's actually not that it's this. And I'm like, okay, great. So what we're saying now is that's no longer true for you that you don't beat yourself up. Is that true? And they go, yeah, I would say that's true. I'm like, okay, great. Now. So what is the other thing then? Cause if I can keep on parking these vocabulary statements that people use that in there is like a powerful coaching session because we just got rid of some just pervasive thoughts that are not actually even things. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And so, yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely kind of address this. Like, is this a serving you and is it even true? Meaning like, do you always beat yourself up? I had an athlete worried, oh, I'm so stressed out about the upcoming season. And I'm like, well, it might not be that bad. <laughs> like it might go well, first and foremost, but also like if things don't go well, which there'll be adversities, you know how to deal with it. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are you stressed out about then? So that shift in narrative, I think, is important. And then with the confidence one is just shifting the, you say this a lot as well in some of the work and things I've seen you post. It's like when someone goes, it's like, who says you have a confidence problem? <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. like, can you show me like what, the, or it's like, are you just not owning your capabilities? That shift often for an athlete or even anybody in any hype that's doubting themselves. It's like, well, just, I'm not owning my capabilities. That's a way easier problem to now solve than labeling as a confidence problem. Like, so we, I'm often like diffusing and you know, the word confidence is tainted for so many people that we want to shift the language. Well, and the challenge is that we don't know what that other person's definition of confidence even is. Exactly. So we have to ask, well, what do you mean by confidence? I mean, that's a challenging part of any of us that are trying to coach and lead and mentor and advise other people. The hard part of any communication is I have a picture in my mind. I have definitions and philosophies in my mind of what that thing is. And especially if you're an expert on the topic, you're still probably going to be even more well-refined. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what you mean by confidence. What do you mean by that? And their description of it could mean a completely different word, really. So finding that common ground is is a big part of that coaching process. I love that you dive into narrative stuff and that you invite people into the idea that they are storytellers in their own head. And then you're just trying to give them a more powerful pen to write that story with. Any parting thoughts, Cassidy, before we let everybody go on with their day? One thing I, I like to frame, and, and you know, I have the book coming out, but I like the, the concept of mindset first, which is who do you want to be? 
who do I choose to be in this moment? And it, like asking that question versus what do I want to achieve in this moment or in this day or this game? Mm-hmm. And if someone could be mindset first, focus on who they're being over what they want to do and achieve, which does matter. <laughs> like, Of course it does. Yeah. But if they prioritize mindset first, that to me is the foundation and which is the narrative work is kind of a specific strategy around that, that comes out of it. Well, I love that because the idea of being is, is the idea that, well, what's the tool I'm going to take to this thing to go and achieve? And you are the tool. So who am I being? What's the best way that I can be to go out and achieve that thing? When people actually ingrain that and they get that in their head, it's one of those great switches that get flicked in their room of performance that can help them achieve things with a lot less friction. Oh, for sure. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Cassidy, where can people go and learn more about you? Where can they find you online and connect? Yeah. Websites, cepmindset.com. And we're on Twitter at Cassidy Preston, CEP Mindset as well, Instagram. So those are kind of the two main socials. I'm on LinkedIn as well, that kind of stuff. You just look up Cassidy Preston, I'm sure you'll find me. You're a champ, man. Again, thanks for popping in here in the last minute and uh, bringing some of your fire. Appreciate it. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Awesome. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for listening to the UpCoach podcast with your host, Todd Herman. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You get notified when we drop our next episode every week. Just type in the UpCoach podcast in the search and click the subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. And a review, a little snar rating, wouldn't hurt. And finally, all the show notes, tips, links shared, and the transcript is over at upcoach.com slash podcast, where you can also get your free trial for our modern transformation platform, specifically built for coaches and creators that care. The UpCoach podcast is produced by our friends at Ventures FM. Now that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. And of course, keep on coaching.